Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by my son and an old relationship. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. So the lockdown has been particularly difficult for my three boys. Again, they're three, six, and eight, and they're just on top of each other. It's it's really tough to get them space and get them not messing with each other. I mean, all you have to do is throw a Lego into the center of the living room, and it becomes like piranhas on a piece of meat. It's it's insane. They're fighting over absolutely everything. And they fight over things that they don't even care about, which is an amazing piece. They, they'll, fight over, they'll fight over a toy that someone forgot that existed that was under a bed. And when we clean out the room, we find the toy. And they're like, oh, my God, it's my favorite toy. And then the, uh, they're making such a stink about it because we're going to bring it. It's like you can't keep Lightning McQueen in your car under your bed. Like this is everybody's toy. You're not even playing with it. You didn't even know it was there. They're like, it's my favorite toy. So the other kids hear toy. Like they could hear toy through a tornado and a plane crashing. And if somebody said toy, they'd like – in the midst of the tornado, run through the fuselage of the plane to find the toy. So, of course, they come running. They're like, toy? And all of a sudden, they're screaming that it's their favorite toy. The person who had it in their room is now crying because they realize they're losing this toy that they didn't know they even had. And you just want to scream. So one, one afternoon was particularly bad. And we were outside, and they were arguing over everything and it's like this that you have my shovel it's like he doesn't have your shovel we have three shovels we have four shovels there are only three of you they're identical shovels they're all doing the same thing but i like this one and then you talk to the other one okay can you switch shovels they're identical and then that kid said but i had this one first right so they have all these conflicting principles one person's claiming ownership which means hey look that's mine you should give it back the other person's claiming first right of usage like i had it first i should be able to use this and it's like okay but okay i understand you had it first can you just give it to the other kid and like but he didn't share with me earlier kind of like an eye for an eye thing and it's a very it's actually a very sophisticated negotiation because they're they're pitting they're not saying no. They're just pitting these conflicting principles with you. So you can't say that the person didn't have it first. And you can't say that the other person didn't share with them earlier. And you can't say for sure that it's not the other person. Like you can't directly argue with any of those things. You have to weigh these principles in such a way as to say this one's more important than that one. Like if somebody says, but this one's red and I like the color red. It's like, okay, I know you like the color red, but that's his shovel, right? Like if he did in fact own it. So they do this thing. So you're actually negotiating this really big, this really big thing because you can't just say, look, you're being crazy. Just give him the shovel. I mean, you can, but it doesn't really reflect the type of negotiating that's being presented because you have to address the principles. Now, if this seems insane to you, it was in fact insane. It was terrible. And I finally lost my patience. And I just kicked my older, the eight-year-old out. I was like, go inside. 
I'm done with you. I can't do anymore. Cause the whole day had been like this. It's, I think it's like, I think it's like five 30 by this point. So they had eaten dinner. They were outside playing. We we're going to do baths in like 30 minutes. And I was like, you're just done. You're done. Get out of here. So he goes inside for this timeout and it's like, there's a moment of peace. And three minutes later, he comes out. He comes out. He's got a ball cap on, a baseball hat on. He's got binoculars around his neck. He's got his notebook, a pencil, his, like, explorer satchel. And and he was like, I'm going bird watching. And he's so excited about it. But I am still livid. My blood is boiling. It's like, no. Go back inside. I'm done with you. And he's like, but I wanted to bird watch. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. You can't be out here. You're just, you're causing so many problems. And he was. He kept messing with everyone. So he gets really upset. He starts crying. And the whole evening's like that. And I was thinking about this last night. I went on a walk with him. He asked me if I'd go on a walk with him. And I said, yeah, of course. So I go on this walk with him. And... He's cute. He's telling everybody we're going on a walk and how awesome it is. You know, neighbors as we pass by. And I felt so horrible about kicking him out of the backyard. Because he did... He did look so cute. And he looked like he was excited to look for birds. And he was going to have fun. And it just killed me. And I was thinking like, man, maybe, maybe I should have just let him look for birds. You know, like he probably wouldn't have bothered anyone. He has a little notebook and he was going to write down what birds he saw. He was really excited about it. And for some reason, I thought back to this, this relationship I had in high school. (laughs) Not, not a great relationship. I was 16. And I was dating this girl named April. And April and I had to have broken up at least 10 times. Broken up, got back together, broken up, got back together. It was terrible. I I think one time I tried to break up with her for like four hours. I was late for work and she convinced me that we shouldn't break up. How that works, I have no idea. If I'm looking at you telling you, hey, I don't like you, I don't want to go out with you anymore, and you somehow convince me to be like, you know what, that's not true. Hat off to you, man. I have I have no idea. But I thought about that. The fact that we would break up and get back together, I thought about that for years afterwards. Because I always wondered what, what happened to me in that time to convince me that it was a good idea to get back together with this girl that I was obviously breaking up with and didn't like and didn't want to date anymore. And it was true. I didn't want to date her anymore. I didn't want to hang out with her. I didn't, she was not a bad person. I just didn't feel challenged. I didn't feel like we were, you know, like equals. We we just didn't have the same life goals. I mean, (laughs) 16, 17, but even then you want to, be dating somebody who's like your person and you're them you're you understand them and they understand you and what it ultimately came down to is the same 
pang of regret that I have with Marcus and his bird watching. Because this, this is what happens. What, what I see, or excuse me, what I saw when I would break up with this girl and get back together with her, what I saw when I was broken up is the potential for what could have been in the future. I didn't see what was. Okay. I broke up with her when I was looking at what actually existed in our relationship. And over a certain amount of time, for whatever reason, I would start thinking about not what actually was in the world, but what could have been, could be in the future. And that future idea was not based on what was. It was detached. Why it was detached, I have no idea. But it's the same thing that I was doing with my son. I felt bad because even though he had terrorized me and his brothers, not maliciously, just he couldn't help it. They're, they're on top of each other. Even though he had been at the center of every conflict all day long, when he came out with his bird watching things, and I shoot him back inside. When I shoot him back inside, I was looking at what was. What was was an incredibly high likelihood that there was going to be another conflict and there was going to be another issue and he was going to be at the center of it. Odds are, in reality, the, the other boys probably would have come running trying to get his binoculars or maybe they wouldn't have noticed and he would have started screaming about a blue jay and how he could see it through his binoculars. Or so. Like, there would have been another argument. Okay, that's what was. What I keep thinking about, the potential for the future is that he was like having a great time and he was super cute and super awesome and he wouldn't have been crying at in bath time and he wouldn't have been crying going to bed saying how his day was ruined. It's like, oh, it would have been awesome. But that's just silly. That's just silly. Why did I think? that the future for him on that night or the future for that girl and me that when we were dating in high school, why did I think that future was in any way detached from the path that led there? The girl in high school and I did not get along. That was the path leading to us breaking up. And then as soon as we broke up, for some reason, I thought the future would be this different thing. No. No. It was going to be the path that was leading up. Same thing for my son. Why, why do I look at him? Why do I have the image of him? Trapped my mind. With his cap on and his binoculars and his like explorer pack. All this stuff. Why do I think that that's going to be detached? And it ultimately comes down to that I, I try to see the good. I try to remember the good. I try to always find the good in people. And as great as quality as that may be, 
I think it's ultimately extremely dangerous because it leads you to forget the bad things that actually should dictate your prediction of the future. And look, I'm not saying I can tell the future, but what I'm saying is if I've hung out with somebody for the last, you know, two years, on two years in one day, they're probably going to be a similar person. If I've hung out with my son from the second he woke up to 5.45 in the evening, and he's been a terror all day, probably at 5.46, he's still going to be a terror. And I don't like thinking about those things. I don't like sitting down and thinking that somebody's predetermined to be bad. I look for the good in the person. I look for the good in the situation. But that also leads me to break up and get back together with somebody like <laughs> 10 times. And that was in high school. Now it has more significant consequences. Now it's me raising boys that I'm trying to raise to men. And if I keep giving them additional chances and having rose-colored glasses, they'll just think they can walk over everyone. So look for the good. Look for the possible positive potential future. That's all great. But if you neglect the way things are, the way the world is, if you neglect what led up to your current situation, be it in a relationship or a job or even a relationship with yourself, if you detach the past from the future, you're just going to keep making bad mistakes. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.